Hello dear listener, hope you're an Android developer. Welcome to the context. Special episode, again, we continue publishing the panel discussion from DroidCon Berlin 2018. Thanks again to DroidCon and the local Berlin Android community for helping us and supporting us recording this. The topic this time is women in tech. It's all about diversity in tech, experience, benefits and challenges for women. And last but not least, why you should hire moms. The panelists are Anis Davis from Offgrid Electric, Lara Martin from Bell, Kevin McDonough from Novoda, Vivian Dollinger from Objectbox, and Anita Singh from Winnie. The panel host is Daniela Gaussmann, also from Objectbox. Hello, everyone. We are just going to start in about one minute. There are some people coming back in, and we wait for them till everyone sits, and then we can start with our discussion. To the ones that are already here, uh, very welcome that you attend our panel, Women in Tech. We are all very excited to have everyone here, and we're going to about to start. I'm going to start um, presenting the speakers to you. So I'm going to start with um, Anise, as you can see on the prompter. Um, Anise is an Android Google developer expert, and she has a special focus on the Kotlin programming language. She has spent the past seven years developing apps for the Android ecosystem across multiple form factors, employed now at Off-Grid Electrics, or Electric. She is also an international conference speaker and author, sharing her knowledge of Android development with others. Next in the panel is Vivian Dollinger. She's just sitting on the far left. Vivian has spent the last 15 years scaling teams in the mobile and gaming industries. After leading a successful app development business, Vivian co-founded Objectbox in 2015. Leveraging a PhD in economics, she manages now the growth and the development of the company as CEO. Um, and besides her startup, she also enjoys spending time with her daughter, sharing a love of play and games. So now it's Lara Martin. Lara is, as she uh, explains herself, a self-made Android developer based in Berlin. She is uh, originated from Spain. Her passion for Android made her transition from her background in science to software development. She's currently part of the mobile team at Bubble, and her dream is to make apps more accessible to everyone. And when she's not attending a tech meetup, you will find her on video games. Our male uh, panelist is Kevin McDonough. Um, he is developing the world's most desirable mobile products. He so has struggling. He has developed for print, web, desktop, and mobile, and can confirm that they all take a long time to do right. He's an engineer on a journey of learning and growth, and probably, therefore, also a great organizer and host of various Android events, and CEO of Novoda. Besides this, Kevin is also an artist, making light at Bright and Art. And uh, Anita. Anita, she leads the mobile development at Winnie. It's uh, an early age, an early stage startup, helping parents navigate the world with their kids. For Winnie, she built the Android app from scratch as a solo developer. 
She transitioned from back-end to mobile almost four years ago and is passionate about making Android development more approachable through blogging and also speaking. That's why she's also here with us today. So, um, I just want to dive right into the discussion and share some numbers with you. Diversity, what is this? In the last um, Stack Overview survey, we still read that nine out of 10 developers are male. So the main question is, is this the diversity we need in our days? Um, Anif, in your experience as a software development developer, what is it, why is it important to have diversity? Or isn't it even that important? Is the status quo we have good like it is? Well, it's definitely important. And I think the best way to maybe explain it is by an example. So let's say um, if you're from here, you probably have really amazing internet. And if you open up Google Maps, it'll tell you exactly where you are. And so you may design products with that sort of background, that thing in your mind that, hey, I'm always going to have network more or less, and I can pretty much always know where I am. But it's not like that everywhere in the world. So if you try to design for people in other parts of the world, you take that same perception with you, that same bias with you, and then you may have a product that just doesn't work well. And I feel that diversity in tech is the same way. There's so many diverse people in the world, and if everyone is the same who's developing a product, then a lot of people are gonna lose out and miss the opportunity of experiencing whatever it is that you're trying to bring to the world. Anise, um, I want to head over to one of, uh, one of you. Maybe you work in a bigger scale company. Maybe this changes if you work in a startup environment. Vivian, what do you think? Is diversity also in a startup environment important? Well, um, Personally, I think it is. Um, also, like as a um, female in the tech industry, um, I would have loved to hire female engineers. Unfortunately, in our current job hunt, we um, had like 99% of um, applic applications coming from male developers. So there really isn't that much, much chance to do it. We are hiring females, yes, but it's typically in non-tech positions. And um, it's not because that's you're biased, not at all. But if you don't get the applications on the table, that's just a reality. And being a mother of a four-year-old daughter, um, I just you know think this needs to change from early days on. Like getting your kids um, into coding, seeing the dev and tech world really early on, and that's basically what we're doing at home. And so I think the next generation will have more female developers that really um, are in love with that. And great coders usually start when they're little. And Kevin, you're from an employer point of perspective as well in a bigger company. Is this the yeah, same experience so you I, have? Like, I, think the, I think the way that I see it is uh, like it, the way that it, it comes across in, uh, in, in press and uh, the way that it's often seen as like a fight on either side. Uh, I, I see it as like a business advantage. It's like, I don't think I'm doing anyone any favors by hiring diversity. It's like, it's a selfish need. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I, I want to hire diversity to give us that competitive advantage all the time. Like I'm, I'm not looking to do anyone any favors. Um, so uh, when you remove that, that, that almost altruistic argument, it, it's, which is just where the nonsense lies. It's uh 
then it becomes like a real challenge, a business challenge. And how do you, how, how as a company in the long run do you approach that from with a strategy? Well, you have to do things like you have to engage and you have to engage in networks which are going to give you the uh, give you that opportunity in future. And so, you, uh, what what Navoda do is we we engage with uh, meetups where it's uh, we're encouraging like women who code or we're encouraging um, uh, women to take um, uh, these kind of camps where you where you do a training camp. And then in the training camps, we like we, we say like there's, there's there's graduate roles here if you're if you're interested, um, and kind of invest in different channels for um, acquisition of opportunities in future because it's a business yeah. uh, a business uh, strategy. Interesting. It's just leading me to the next quest question: What are the great barriers in? for women in tech, what are, the, what are the main obstacles? Maybe, um, Lara, you can explain us, because you did a, you, you tr transitioned at, as well, so you're um, an experienced developer. How did you feel differently treated, or was there an obstacle in your way becoming a developer? Well, um, actually, I wouldn't say I had any barriers. Um, I had it uh, quite easy, I would say. Like nowadays, it's quite easy for a woman mm -hmm. to grow um, in this field. Um, but I did have my own barriers, actually. Um, because when, when I was switching roles, um, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm I want to achieve um, the goal of becoming Android developer. And I was looking at my colleagues, and they were all men. They all studied computer science. Um, they were programming for years, so I thought, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, I didn't do computer science, I'm a woman, um, is this even possible, right? So it was like a self-barrier I had myself, mm -hmm. but not a real one. Um, yeah. It's, it's very interesting what you just said. What am I going to do? I'm entering like in a real male um, environment. And this is still something that sounds really strange, I think, to everyone. I read an article last, uh, or this month about GM announcing that they have now two female um, people in leading positions, a CFO and the CEO. So I was really wondering, how can this be a news value that there are two female in a leadership position, so yeah, it should be a lot more normal. That's I think everyone agrees here too. And um, and how could we actually do this and help to create more inclusive work environment, also make it more attractive to women? Maybe you, Anita, can uh, tell us more. What do you think companies can do? Could do? Um, yeah, I think it needs to start with. Well, there are many things, but one thing <laughs> is salary. Um, I think it's a well-known fact that uh, women don't make as much as men in a lot of cases, even though you're doing the same work. Um, I think uh, a lot of companies have had to go back and adjust their pay after auditing their employees. Um, there's, unfortunately, like, if you're paying... Uh, there's no better way to tell a woman that she's not valued than to pay her less. So I think if companies could be transparent about pay um, and audit that, uh, that could be a place to start. Um, I think uh, management training is important. And uh, like before you roll your eyes, I know training sounds awful, 
but uh, I have met a lot of women and just uh, people from different backgrounds uh, where they've left because managers do not know how to deal with you know, discrimination, bias, conflict resolution. Uh, they don't know how to uh, support people from different backgrounds. Um, like, for example, um, a woman is more likely to be called bossy or aggressive in a performance review. Um, it's a word that's uh, used to disproportionately um, describe women in the workplace, even though they behave, like, for just speaking out their mind. And if, like, managers could sort of... Um, just identify that and, uh, you know, help the employee sort of, if, if the manager could basically manage uh, what's going on in the workplace with their employees, I think that could be really helpful. Um, even things like promotions, um, I think there are companies that rely on self-nomination for promotions, but again, data shows that women self-nominate to a lesser degree than men, and so maybe every quarter you should assess everyone for promotion. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and the perks, uh, definitely, uh, I think a lot of perks are, oh, we have free beer and ping pong, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I love that, but not, it's not for everybody, yeah, uh, I, right? I, like if you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, uh, maybe you don't like to drink, maybe you yeah. don't for religious reasons. Yeah, um, I, I, I think so too, that there is a lot of cultural things that are different to, uh, or different in importance to men and women just when they're also looking for an employer. Um, I also heard that, uh, or you can read it in the Stack Overflow survey, that women actually, they look more for a cultural fit in their company than, for example, for salary. So this is... Uh, is this something you experienced as well, Kevin? What is what? What can you do as an employer to? I, I'd like to. I'd like this? to also speak yes. about the the barriers because I think that I mean there's so so far to go. Um, it is 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 a lot easier now for women to um, to take part and be kind of really welcomed into a lot of tech startups now in Berlin, in London, in San Francisco, in New York. Um, but like, if you look at like, um, if you go to like Scotland and you go to like the Highlands in Scotland, uh, like it's very common that women have cha challenges in the workplace. Not just women engineers, just challenges in the workplace on on um, uh, oil rigs or in uh, um, industries which are uh, stereotypically male oriented. And I think there needs to be. I personally think that there needs to be a bias. A bias to um, to encouraging women, and this is this is often seen as like, well, that's that's gender discrimination again on the other side. However, okay, you know, there's been there's been discrimination on the other side of things for a long, long, long time, and I think in order to proportionally make an effect that will change the industry and change the world ultimately, you need to disproportionately make the effort. And so there has to be a, there has to be a disproportionate effort to changing to changing companies to changing cultures to allow for um, diversity in, in in the workplace in a new way. And so companies need to buy into that disproportionately and encourage disproportionately if they ever want to be able to um, equally offer the same opportunities. And um, now you're. 
talking about a company that's already established, maybe something, it's interesting how you deal with it in a startup, Vivian. How do you encourage moms, uh, all different like, genders to... For example, especially because like that's really uh, very important for me, like from a personal perspective, and we encourage um, moms to work with us also by enabling them to have responsible jobs that still can be done in part-time, from at home, however, and I think this very often can and could work, but in very traditional uh, corporate environments, it's just not allowed, not possible, and that's where very often in Germany still there's a break in the career path. And um, I believe that's, that wouldn't be necessary, so we allowed women to, moms especially, to take over really responsible roles and manage their time themselves works fine. It's something we can do as a startup really easily, so I really like that. But going back to what you just said, like I've been part of the Techstars class London last year, and it was the first class which was nearly equal, 50-50, um, like female-founded, not. And what the MD told us is like, they made a special effort to seek out this woman. They wouldn't compromise quality, so they needed to go out and search for them, get recommendations, because they wouldn't apply. So we applied, so it was different for us, but like most of them, they just hadn't applied. So they really, really went the extra mile to get those women into the program. And I think that's what currently it still takes. Also, like having led a team at Media, for example, what I always saw is like every time there's the review, every male would, be, would feel entitled to a raise, to take over more responsibilities. And if you're doing a review with a female co-worker, she probably would be like, uh, you know, you propose, she might take over more um, responsibility, and she'd be like, oh, uh, well, I don't know if I can do that already, maybe in two years. And you're like, no, <laughs> you have the chance now. But you really need to encourage them more. And obviously not everyone is willing to go this extra mile at the moment, maybe. This comes back to management training, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think these are first steps, and the more females we have in management positions, because they are aware, the more they can help others, and you know, it's like a cascading effect. Mm. And uh, you, Anise, you're also a mom of uh, two uh, kids. How, how is it for you? How do you think, or why do you think, think um, companies should hire moms? What can they bring more? I think being a mom really helps you to prioritize things. It's kind of like you want something done, you give it to a busy person. And I don't really know anyone busier than moms. <laughs> um, so you have to be a very structured person, very organized. And you also bring a lot of empathy to work. And by having children, especially when you have multiple children, you realize that they're all so different. And you have to adjust yourself to cater to their different personalities. And I think in the tech industry, you're definitely all very different. Um, like every single person I've ever worked with is super different from the other person. And I think it helps you to make allowances to be more flexible yourself. And then you also bring that to your product. And I wanted to make one comment about like what companies can do and what I've seen is that sometimes when women are in the workplace, they tend to get these like very soft assignments so it's like we need someone to um, be in charge of, you know, getting all these people together in some sort of communication plan. Give that to the woman. She's great with communicating with people and collaborating. 
where it's like the big assignments that can really make a difference in the company, maybe they'll give it to someone else. Like there's this spec assignment, you go look at it. We're investing in IoT, let's give it to this guy, he can do it for us. And I think that can also hold women back because you sort of limiting yourself, even if you're an extremely technical woman, you get shifted in towards more managerial collaborative things. And I think that that's another place where managers play a role because they can decide who gets these big ticket assignments. So if companies really think about it, like who is it that we always put in charge of new products? All right, we need to take a look and make some, some changes. I definitely think that's a really important thing that companies should do. Anything else to add? There's, there's the um, kind of social aspect of it as well. Why, why should companies hire moms? Well, I mean, you want to hopefully, well, personally, I think like a company is a, a social construct, we should be creating environments which we're proud of. And I hope to work in a company where there is, uh, that you can offer women to look after children and men to be able to look after children, paternity as well. And it, it's, it, again, it doesn't have to be altruistic, it can be competitive advantage as well. So like at Navoda, we offer six months uh, maternity, paternity, and that as, as a competitive advantage. Um, but it, it can also make everyone who's not on that leave um, happy that you're working with a company that can do so. And it, it feels like, and there's loads of little, there's no one thing that builds a company pride in the culture, but this is one, it's one add up to a culture that you hope will, will everyone will be proud of as well. So it, so it, it can be something which is, is beneficial for everyone in the company, not just for the individuals who take the lead as well. It's also basically part of, however you want to call it, some kind of um, work-life balance, which yeah. I believe, um, there's tons of studies for this, um, really makes a company um, successful in the long run. And if you don't want to burn people and, you know, rehire all the time. Um, having children is part of many people's lives at some point in their lives, and it makes sense to incorporate that into your concepts as well and have people that are happy to work for you for a really long time that have all the experience. And like having moms on our team as well, um, it's like you say, they trust, they are very strict about their time management. They don't have a minute to waste, and they want to deliver, and they will. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really beneficial. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I, I would yes. like to say something. I'm not a mom, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but um, I'm sure that um, many moms have uh, better time management as I do. But for me, it's in the end as the same as um, for um, we want to have more diversity, right? For me, moms are also people who have different challenges, experiences, and that's also rich for 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 everything. Um, as the same as our users are also diverse, right? So we want, if we want to have a product that can reach our users, it should be done also by a group of diverse people. So for me, being mom, it's um, would be in the, in the end um, the same for women have more diversity inclusion. Yeah, that's that's really true. I think the main thing is now we need diversity in our teams that what we recognized and the big question for me now is actually how how can we 
um, how can we bring women to actually be more interested in the tech industry? What is it all behind? When we look at the numbers, I mean, uh, only half of the women major in STEM subject, it means uh, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, than men do. So there is still a big gap. Do we need more role models for women? Who could role models be? be? Anita, do you have a role model or anyone else that, that really inspired you going into the tech business? Um, a role model for me actually was uh, Kalpana Chawla. She um, was the first woman of Indian origin to go into space. Um, she was in the Columbia Space Shuttle and unfortunately was one of the seven crew members who passed away. So, I mean, she literally gave her life for science and I don't plan on doing that. I like Android, but not that much. Um, <laughs> But uh, for me, um, you know, as a girl growing up in India, seeing somebody who looked like me doing something so amazing just spoke to me that, hey, maybe I can do something like that. Um, and I think if you, if you look around you and on TV, you don't see positive representations of women in science um, and, you know, on TV, like in the news, or if you read about tech news, again, all the CEOs you see, you hear about Zuckerberg or... Steve Jobs, um, sometimes you might be like, well, is this even for me? And so I think role models can really, really help with that. But I also think it starts from when you're really small, like girls get kitchen sets and dolls, boys get like the game and the cars, uh, the Legos. And so it, it really starts there. Um, we have to really, you know, give equal opportunity to yeah. girls. Are, are you familiar yeah. with the, are you familiar with the, uh, the experiment where like they, they have, uh, a boy dressed as a girl, a girl dressed as a boy, and they dress them like in, in, in different clothes, and then they and they have them in this this room full of toys, and then they invite strangers to play with them, and the strangers are all self-professed, unbiased towards like uh, the uh, genders introducing particular toys or speaking to them in a certain way, but you do tend to do tend to say like um, darling to to to, to female are like or uh, be more kind of brash and playful with a, with a male and and like they all they all thought that the, the boy just gravitated towards the cars they all thought that the girl just gravitated towards the dogs even though they were a boy or they were a girl and they were introducing the opposite gender bias they thought they were introducing and I think it's very hard for us all to accept we have all been brought up with the bias whether we're male or female, and we all have that bias and built us, and it's something we have to struggle actively against. And we have to struggle the other way now. Again, we have to like make more effort to break the bias. We have to try and be more gender neutral in lots of occasions where, yeah, it might be a bit, a bit too much to even try, but having that conversation, doing more is part of the solution and it's gonna help in the long run as well. Yeah, doing more, doing more for role models. What do you want to add? Well, I'm just thinking also about um, children's books because once you start reading them with your children, you're like, oh wow, uh, the, the doctor is always male, the nurse is always female, and it's always the mom expecting the child at home, having cooked some delicious dinner or whatever, doing everything. It's like, and these are new books. It's not like old traditional books. So there's lots of this still um, going on from very early on, and um, it's to replace these things um, in your normal day environment for your kids already. 
I guess we should make more efforts to find these role models. Yes. So, like Melissa, uh, Melissa Mayer is, yes. is a great role model. Yeah. So, and uh, she she's inspiring to me regardless if she's a male or female. She's That's a, right. She's a great role model, yeah. and uh, uh, just we should all try and like find these great role models, pull, uh, pull them out, and disproportionately maybe celebrate them a little bit just to kind of equal out the, the game. When I think about role models, I also think what happened in the past, because when we read school books back in school, for example, there was Marie Curie, she was one of the first women in medicine. It was so strange in these days. I mean, maybe we're just now at this point where we say, okay, now women need to be encouraged and we need to come along and go for it. And then 10 years or 20 years or 50 years later, no one will even think about why there are as many female as male medicine. Everyone, everyone's familiar with the behind every great man there's a great woman. That, 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 <laughs> that, that, that. Well, actually, well, let's make some effort to find them. Who are they? Because like, yeah. it's, it's so often true because they're, they're, they're couples, and, they're, and but how did they help? And it's not like taking away the bravado of like the, the hero genius figure. And it, there's always a team behind yeah. like great people. Do you want to add something to that, uh, Lara? Being a team or being encouraged by someone else, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so for me, it was quite different. I didn't have many challenges myself because other women had them before, and thankfully um, they went through it before me. So I, I it, it was smoother for me. But I still had my own um, struggles, so I also had to look for role models, someone that will inspire me. Like um, myself, I remember looking for um, blog posts of people who did a career change. And um, I still remember the one that made me think it can be possible. It was uh, written by um, an IOS iOS developer um, who is um, actually now um, organizing a conference here in Berlin. Um, she um, studied something very different. I was biotechnology, which is similar to what mm -hmm. I studied. And then she moved to Berlin and studied iOS development because that's what she wanted to do and, and made it, right? So I thought, maybe I can do the same with Android, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, it's not a famous role model that um, everyone can understand. Um, no, but know. it's just it gives you things but in your it, mind that makes you good to advance and uh, makes yeah. you going your way as well. And so it was the story itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. And uh, I just want to talking about role models and the changing role models brings us up to the feminism work. So this is something, and you can read it all over the media now, boys can be feminists too. So I'll address this. <laughs> <laughs> is this true? Yeah, it's, you think? it's absolutely true. And I think it's like a misunderstanding in the aims of feminism. Like, in, like the, the, the feminism didn't come around from just people being angry because the, the men came home and then they were angry at their husbands. Like that, that's just ridiculous. Feminism is something speaking to how what will the future of our society look like and how do we want it to look? And feminism isn't doing women a favor. Feminism is about, about creating a society where women have an equal voice because it's going to make it better for all of us. And it's going to make for, it's going to make for a, stronger, a stronger society, it's going to make for stronger companies, it's going to make for a better world. 
and it's going to level out um, the, what, the opportunities that, that we can see in the world. And boys should be just, there should be just, there should be 50% of, of all the feminists should be men because they're like, you hope that men would see the opportunities to um, having that diversity represented in all of society, be it the economy or be it like a society at large. So uh, feminism needs to be removed from being female. And I think, I think hopefully people are starting to realize that. Anyone else has a comment on the feminism? I do. So uh, um, I personally don't um, name it feminism for me. I know that when I was younger, I always thought about men and women, and I, and I knew that feminism was to fight for the same rights for women. Um, but nowadays, I think more like um, we, we said before, equality is the, the world, right? Like um, we should be all fighting for having the same rights, everyone. I don't like to name gender in this case. I would like to have a more inclusive name, but I don't know what name. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I think it's important to realize that, that there are opportunities for, um, for uh, genders to ex have different traits which they, which they bring to an environment. And uh, being like representing and giving power to people for the opportunity to be equal in that environment is not to take away from the traits that, 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 that they bring into that environment. And I think it's just important. Um, I think feminism does help like um, respect women for being women and, and, and in a different way than perhaps like men own the workplace because it's very male orientated, everything is built around them. And that, so how can we build it around women as well to, to, to represent I think it might be a personal thing, like um, I don't like to think of people like um, um, classifying people. I don't, I don't want to be treated as female or woman. I want to be treated as a person. Yeah, so for me, it's, it's a way of saying we are all people, human beings. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, it doesn't matter which uh, ethnicity we have, uh, our backgrounds. It, anything, it should be equally for everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. However, if there are, if there is, um, uh, if there are studies done uh, many times where, where women and men react differently in the same situations, it would be prudent to entertain mm -hmm. that there might be opportunities that we could introduce to encourage women in the same situations that might not currently be um, understood as the opportunity they are. And through a little bit of education and uh, um, management training and things like that, we could have more women in the executive levels and have more women in the workplace. It's, it's, not, it's not to create an inequality, it's, it's in order to help for the opportunities. Yeah, I think it's just the importance to encourage women to also be part of, especially the tech industry, to give this type, to give this diversity to this uh, broad, to this part of it as well. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to also ask our audience if they maybe have a question 
Hi, my name is Sylvia and I work for IBM. I'm actually quite lucky because our CEO is a woman, Junior Rometty, and she's a great role model. And I believe role models are very, very important. Um, so I'm based in London and I have the fortune of um, knowing a few women who have startups like Vivian. And I can see in hiring they have an edge. I, I have to leave it to them, even if sometimes it's not so easy for us. So um, I wanted, um, actually I had a question for Vivian asking, and I wanted to ask you what would be kind of the learnings um, that we could take from startups in terms of um, reaching out to women and, and um, sort of, you know, hiring them and, and also uh, getting them to stay with us um, over, you know, also, you know, after they have kids and what you were mentioning before. Thanks. Like, um, starting with your last question, that's like where it very often breaks in a corporate context. And I think it's due to, um, mainly due to um, inflexibilities with the time, the work times. Like, um, being required to work overtime can be really a challenge if you have a little baby that you might still be breastfeeding. It just doesn't work. It's, it doesn't. And um, if this leads to getting tasks, that are not to your standards, and they're not that you're used to, and not the same responsibility, it will make you leave very, very, very probably. If you are used to deliver, and if you love your job usually, and if you like to deliver. And that's, that's something I think also big corporate companies can do. Allow for more work flexibility, more self-responsibility, allowing for home office, making it possible for women to work more flexibly in this special time where they need the flexibility. And this will make them stay and will be very, very grateful because unfortunately lots of corporate companies don't allow this at the moment. Obviously then there are little things like you can um, respect um, these flexibilities with regards to your overall schedule like very important CEO team meetings probably shouldn't be scheduled for the evening because it's a bad timing for a young mom or for a mom that has a young kid. It just doesn't work out because bringing kids to bed usually works best with a parent, most very often today still the mom. So this could be something to think around, for example. And I think that's most important. But especially also not giving them taking away responsibilities or leadership positions or demanding tasks, because obviously then there's a spiral. You don't have, you know, why would you try to make everything possible if it's not even very important? Can, can I also add to that as well, that you have to make it known as well. Like, um, and, and it can be difficult to speak up about these things, and you shouldn't feel like a bother. Like, um, always I try and encourage people that employment is a two-way street. Yes. It's a two-way street, and you have to ask of your employer. And when you ask, you're often surprised at how much they want to fulfill your, your um, the right. things you're asking for. You and they might not be, especially a startup, they might not be familiar with the challenges of a, of a, of a mother and, yeah. and your challenges. And what you can do is bring the problem and solution yeah. at least to them and give them options so that you can work on it. I totally agree. I think you should basically... Women need to ask more for the stuff they need. 
Some learnings, I think, are already made that also comes back to management training, where I think um, companies can provide for that and should make an effort to provide for that if they want to keep women over this sort of like life period when they have kids. Like before that also, I think um, speaking to women directly and opening it up like specifically for women helps them apply. That's, but that's a very personal belief. So um, it's just like we did that and we had quite good results, like really calling out to women and asking them to spread it within their networks. Yeah, yeah I think it's all the encouragement, uh, either encouraged by the women itself to actually be able to ask and on the other hand, even from the employer side, encourage women to apply for um, important jobs. Did this answer your question? There is another question over there. Okay, so thank you. Um, uh, my experience, I, I want to emphasize a lot on the point starting early with um, uh, trying to remove the prejudice and the um, stereotypes in, in the really early age at, at, from children. Um, especially, um, my experience, there's still a huge problem in the education especially because um, I'm in the university still and I have accompanied I think about eight semesters of uh, students because I'm in the student representative and I have the numbers and we are still right now have maybe 10% women applying at the university for computer science in the bachelor because and when I talk to all the people most of them don't even have a computer science education at school so many of them are self-taught or are advancing a completely new field which they have never experienced about programming and so on. And this is still a very male domain to even try this. We had the role model topic before and I think it, is, it should be, companies should pressure the politics and the education a lot more to increase um, staffing of teachers, uh, teaching of computer science in school mm -hmm. and I mean, we can't account for all parents to remove those prejudice, so the teachers have to have to enable the children to actually approach this topic very early in the education. Yeah, it's a very good comment. I think you're speaking from a German kind of perspective. Maybe we can address this. Uh, how is this in other countries going? Is it how is it in America, Scotland? Yeah, I'll say it's the same, and I think also there's just a stigma against going into the tech field as a woman, and people feel like, well, if they're so hostile to women, then why would I want to get into that? Like, what, what is the reason why I would want to do that versus, like, business, where I'll have my friends and everyone will welcome me into that space, and honestly, it's still the same way, even, like, when I was in college, I'm not that old, but... um it was the same, like I just did all my work by myself and I studied computer engineering. People didn't want to be my lab partner. Don't, I mean, that's just how it was. And so I honestly don't know how you can change that per se because that's their personality and that's how they were raised and you can't go raise everyone's kids. So until parents feel the need to help their sons and daughters to view people differently, then it's going to be the same. I mean, moving to Europe recently, I have personally noticed that men here tend to be better. I don't know. I, this is probably recorded, so sorry, people in America. But um, <laughs> they tend to be more accepting of differences in different people. 
And I think that until that mentality is there from a young age, honestly, you really can't change that. And I don't think there's a mandate that you can put forward to force people to view someone else as their equal. I just don't. Thank you for this answer. Sometimes I think it's also the, the tiny things. Like I was working as development director, which is kind of a technical position. And every time I was like at a conference or whatever venue with my CEO, basically, people would talk to him and afterwards be like, oh, and you're in marketing, right? Hi. And I'm like, nope. It's just like everyone expects you to be. And so it's already the first awkwardness when you're like, no, I'm not in marketing. Yeah. And so there's a lot still to be done there. Yes, I think so, too. So we're almost at the end, but there are still two more questions. So I'd ask the two to, and also to make it really a short answer so that we can still have the two questions. Go ahead. Um, hi. Uh, so I just wanted to give a big thank you because this is a great conversation to have and it's a touchy so uh, topic. So thank you for being part of this panel. Um, my question is kind of two parts. Um, it, I'm wondering what kind of advice do you have for colleagues and coworkers in terms of helping build um, that inclusive environment and helping people feel like they're included. And I have a kind of side conversation to this, which is that I attended a workshop, and in the workshop we were asked to um, brainstorm as part of the session. And then they actually pointed out afterward that because that brainstorm session was during the workshop where we were asked to come up with answers as soon as we were prompted the question, that that was actually biasing towards certain personality types where people were um, able to kind of think very reactively and be able to come up with that on the spot. So, yeah. Um, I can take this one. So, um, there is something called male privilege that men tend to have that women don't. So, for example, if a man speaks up about diversity, he's more likely to be heard than me because people might think I'm speaking about it because of self-interest and maybe I'm trying to make up for not being good enough. All of this kind of negative um, stereotypes. So I think men can pay, play a very powerful role in helping promote equality in the workplace. Uh, just even just speaking, speaking up when you see something, if you see a microaggression happen in the workplace, for example, if a woman's being constantly interrupted um, in a meeting, if she's given, um, you know, the less important work, or uh, just giving women credit for their ideas. A lot of times when a woman says something um, and then a man repeats it, he gets credit for it and woman doesn't. So sort of being aware that there are these just... Uh, unconscious or maybe even conscious <laughs> microaggressions that happen. Um, sharing your salary with women can go a really long way in helping um, close that gender gap, uh, the pay gap. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's just so much better. Like, like for, for example, there was a meeting where I was referred to as the Android guy multiple times, and one of my tech lead just like stopped that, and I was so relieved because I didn't have to have that awkward conversation later on being like, hey, it's not okay to call me the Android guy. <laughs> so just like, if you just use your, uh, you know, it's just so much, like, I, I mean, I can fight my own battles, but it's so nice when you can avoid me ha having these awkward conversations or just, you know, standing up uh, and fighting for equality for your female coworkers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the question. So we have one more last question. Yes, thank you. Um, 
I want to connect to the more home working from uh, parents or mothers in this case. Um, I worked from home for um, a couple of companies and they weren't remote working companies. So basically, after a while, you feel like you are like the outsider because you, you basically you are not in the action, you know, you are not in the office. Do you think that could be actually a danger to build some that kind of uh, environment for moms where they become just you know, the tiny minority, they, they work from home and they actually can get hurt from a career point of view? Should you um, try to build like a remote working uh, culture before starting sending mom to, moms to work home? Because it, I feel it can be... Uh, like a danger from a you yeah. know, career point of view. Yeah, I mean, so yes, you should try to set up the structures before you start sending everyone home. And just as a personal example, I worked from home for my current company about like a year and a half. And then now that I'm in Amsterdam, I work in the office. And the different meetings and assignments and responsibilities that I have now just far eclipse what I was doing before. So it's not like I wasn't working, but it was very uh, task-driven. But then when you're in the office, even though I don't go every day still, it's more, okay, let's think of this conceptually. Let's do this more high-level thing. And I feel that if the company hasn't put things in place where everyone respects the remote workers and is very inclusive of them and has a tight team culture, then yes, I think it would completely destroy your career because you're going to only keep getting tasked related assignments, and then you'll only stay at a certain level versus, you know, you have to take on the big things, the more conceptual things, the big bets to move up in your career. And companies play a huge role in helping moms and women to be successful who work at home. <laughs> Thank you for this comment. <laughs> I, but I think the good... It's uh, still the same. The company culture has to fit with working remotely. I also experienced this in a former company, so I think this is a really big and uh, valid point. Um, yeah, I just uh, thank you for those questions in the audience. Thank you for the panelists being here and sharing your thoughts about women in tech. And I hope you got some ideas and some ways actually to do what you like uh, as a man or as a woman to... Uh, yeah, to achieve what you want to do. We saw a lot of different values here. We saw a lot of, a lot of different networks being around, different mindsets. Everything like this is important to diversity, different life experience, different education. And uh, some of my one of my friends, he always said it this way, different isn't always better, but better is always different. So maybe we can just keep in mind for... It's ending of our discussion. Thank you.